0: If you've got a Bible, we're going to be looking at the book of Ruth, continuing our series. That's Ruth chapter 3 tonight. If you haven't got a Bible, why not take just one moment, just wander to the back and do grab one. We're going to have a look through uh, quite closely at chapter 3. You'll need one in front of you if you uh, want to, if you've got it on your phone or iPad or whatever you might have. I don't know what other choices there are, but you know, I've kind of stopped at phone, iPad and book really. So we're going to look at Ruth uh, chapter 3. I'll read this uh, to us and then we'll... We'll begin. Ruth, chapter 3. One day, Naomi, her mother-in-law, that's Ruth's mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not try to find a home for you, where you will be well provided for? Is not Boaz, with whose servant girls you have been, a kinsman of ours? Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. I have no idea what that means. Wash, sorry, I'm supposed (laughs) to... I should have looked that bit up, shouldn't I, really? <laughs> do you know, sometimes my wife says to me, In a voice, inside voice. I should stick to that more often. <laughs> verse, verse 3 Wash and perfume yourself and put on your best clothes. Uh, then go down to the threshing floor. But don't let him know that you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered, so she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man and he turned and discovered a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? He asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me since you are a kinsman redeemer. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All my fellow townsmen know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am near of kin, there is a kinsman redeemer nearer than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to redeem, good, let him redeem But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognized. And he said, don't let it be known that a woman came to the threshing floor. He also said, bring me the shawl you are wearing and hold it out. When she did it so, he poured into it six measures of barley and put it on her. Then he went back to the town. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, how did it go, my daughter? Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her and added, He gave me these six measures of barley, saying, Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said, Wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Father, please help us to hear from you through your words. Holy Spirit, write it on our hearts, that we might never forget it and live our lives according to it. Amen. Amen. Well, it's quite an interesting passage, isn't it, really? Lots of things that are maybe a little bit confusing. Kinsman Redeemer. And, um, what on earth were they doing on the threshing floor that night? Um, it's not like that. It's... Uh but it's it's a fascinating passage, it's a fascinating insight. And and if you've not been here uh, through this series in Ruth, you might be wondering, what on earth is this girl Ruth doing? Who is she? So, what I'd like to do to begin with is just to give us a run-through of, of kind of the story so far. You know, the start of a, a TV sitcom, they have that kind of two-minute, you know, trailer through, and I'd just like to Go through the first couple of uh, chapters just so we can kind of catch up to where we are. It helps us to understand what this passage is about and what God might be saying to us this evening through it. So I believe God wants to speak to us through this passage this evening. So Ruth chapter 1, uh, we meet uh, two characters, Naomi and Ruth. Now Naomi is uh, uh, an Israelite and her husband Elimelech and her two sons, Marlon and Kilion, uh, they left Israel to go to Moab when there was a huge famine. Uh, I think they probably thought it was food in Moab, so they, they left and took their family with them. And, and during that time they settled there and, and um, uh, Naomi's sons uh, married uh, a woman called Ruth and a woman called Orpha. Uh, we, we obviously have more to do with Ruth because the book is named after her. Um, and uh, during that time in Moab, uh, Ruth's husband Elimelech dies and so do her two sons. So suddenly Naomi has gone from being um, a mother and a wife to being a widow and having lost her two boys. Uh, a real tragedy. And she's left with her two daughters-in-law and she says to her daughters-in-law, stay in Moab, don't follow me. I'm a, I'm a woman who's undone. I'm a woman who's undone. I've lost everything. But Ruth refuses to leave and says this incredible uh, uh, declaration uh, of commitment. Don't urge me to leave you, Ruth said to Naomi, or to turn back from you. This is verse 16 of chapter one. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. Ruth committed her life to serving Naomi. It's really important in chapter three that we understand the context. She committed her life to serving Naomi, to being with her. And that, for for Ruth, was a huge thing. It meant leaving her family, it meant leaving her her country. It meant she uh, had seen, I think, in the life of Naomi and her family, uh, in in Marlon, her husband, uh, something about following the God of Yahweh. Uh, She uh, chose to turn from the many gods of Moab, and if you know anything about the Moabites, in that time, they were enemies of Israel. Uh, They would often come and raid and attack and steal and kill and plunder. So she had made a huge choice. I'm, I'm leaving my gods, my idols, the things behind to follow the one true God. Ruth made an incredible commitment in that moment. And she went back with Naomi to Bethlehem. In chapter 2 um, now we have these two women uh, Naomi and Ruth who are back in Bethlehem and, and on the breadline uh, you know significantly poor they have no one to support themselves but themselves and and so Ruth goes into the fields and she goes to collect grains the grain that's left behind by uh, those who are harvesting uh, Ruth is the one who's picking that up and collecting that. And that's how they live, kind of hand-to-mouth. And, and part of the Israelite law or for farming was that you weren't to, to harvest the whole field. You had to leave some of the field unharvest or behind. So that those who, who didn't have land, who didn't have possessions, were able to pick that up. And that's part of what it meant to be, to be Jewish, is you always thought about those who had least. And Ruth was in that place. And so she with, found herself in Boaz's field. Um, And in chapter 2, verse 1, we find out a little bit about Boaz. Um, And we meet, obviously, Ruth and Boaz in a lot of detail in chapter 3. But this is what it says about Boaz. Um, Naomi had a relative on her husband's side from the clan of Elimelech, a man of standing whose name was Boaz. So Boaz is a relation, a close relative of Elimelech, that's Naomi's husband. And he was a man of standing, a man of integrity. That's what he was known as and for. Um, and the conversation between Boaz and Ruth begins, the interaction, the relationship uh, is initiated, and and Boaz is is a lovely man, we'll read a bit more about that, he's a generous man, he's a kind man, and he treats Ruth and Naomi with with absolute dignity and respect. Um, And so we come to the start of chapter 3. Now the the first thing we we see in chapter 3 is is Naomi. Now Naomi, has been treated with absolute kindness and grace uh, and generosity by Ruth. Remember, Ruth has said, I will give everything up because I want to serve you and follow the God of Yahweh, the God Yahweh. I want to follow the one true God and I want to serve you. I give my life for that purpose. That's an incredible thing, isn't it? You know, Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, than he laid down his life for his friends. Ruth laid down her life for Naomi. So, Naomi here says this, my daughter, this is chapter 1, verse 3. Should I not try to find a home for you? Naomi is saying, I need to find you a nice man. I need to get you married. We need to find you security. You've done this great kindness for me. I want to return the kindness for you. And not only that, Naomi has in her mind Boaz is this kinsman redeemer. Now, I'm not going to go into too much detail about this. But simply, there was a tradition, uh, it's found in Leviticus 25, of, of, of if um, a woman uh, loses her husband uh, and hasn't had children, then the, the nearest relative has a duty to marry that, uh, into the family. I think it's that same person. And they uh, t- and have children with them so that the husband's name who's died continues. Does that make sense? Someone's a family name in, in, uh, in, in Jewish culture was so important family name what you passed on to the next generation was really important your, your character was really important and it was expected that your children would reflect the character that you would passed on so the, the idea of having a kinsman redeemer someone who would step in where, so, you know, where someone has died prematurely was so important to maintain a family God uh, and the Bible is, is, is passionately committed to family life passionately committed to family he loves family life And, you know, Psalm 68 says this, that God sets the lonely in families. And I think part of that behind this idea of this kinsman redeemer, this person who would redeem a family, a a broken family, or a, a kind of a broken up family in a time of crisis is because God sets the lonely in family. God seeks to provide through that unit. And it was so important. And Naomi knew of Boaz. Boaz is a man of standing. She didn't just think, we just need to get any old guy for Ruth. She thought of Boaz, a man of standing, only the best for Ruth because Ruth had given her all for Naomi. I wonder if we can think of people in our lives who've given their all for us. Can we think of those who've sacrificed that we might Enjoy something, I think of my parents who 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 gave so much so that I could enjoy what i 've enjoyed who who quietly, just lovingly constantly uh, gave up their time and their effort i mean there 's always a joke in, in in most families, I guess that once you know Children hit the age of kind of 11 or 12, that suddenly parents become more like taxis than, or a ta- taxi service than anything else. But my, we didn't live in London, you know, we lived in kind of in a little town called Tewkesbury, and it wasn't really much to do there. So my parents were ferrying us around. They, they sacrificed, they gave. Now, that's not the same as what Ruth did, but, it, you know, being a parent uh, is about sacrifice, about giving to the other. Being a husband or a wife is about sacrifice, about giving to the other. Maybe we can think of friends or relatives who've given it all for us. And if I were to say, "Think of that person, what would you know them for? You would say, "Well, they have a reputation, or well, they have a reputation in my eyes for being generous." Wouldn't it be great if people said that about you and me? Ruth said, "I'd give it all to serve you and your God. I'd make you my family, I'd make your God my God." Wouldn't it be great if people said that about us, that we gave our all to serve others. We gave our all to serve our God. That's what Ruth's reputation was. So when Boaz and Ruth are having this intimate conversation on the threshing room floor, actually what the conversation entails is a conversation about the integrity of one another. Boaz says to Ruth in verse 10, The Lord bless you, my daughter. Ruth has basically just proposed to Boaz. She was a confident, courageous young woman, an amazing role model. She'd just proposed to Boaz, in effect. And Boaz said, you are such a wonderful, wonderful woman. He said, you, you've exceeded the kindness that you've already showed to Naomi. You've gone past that because you've chosen to marry little old me. And I would absolutely love to marry you. I'm paraphrasing somewhat. Um, But that's basically what he says. And he says this, This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Okay, Ruth is a Moabite. She's from uh, the people of Moab who were enemies of Israel. She's a woman. She's uh, a widow. So she's on the margins of society. She has nothing. But she has become known around town as a woman of noble character. How does an enemy of Israel, a woman with nothing, have that reputation? Because she gave it all and didn't care who got the credit. She gave it all and didn't care who got the credit. She gave it all that she might serve someone else. Do you know the power of service? The power of service means we get a reputation uh, that's so great. A church... Uh, that serves is the church that gains a great reputation. A Christian that serves is a Christian that gets a great reputation. What were the early church known for? They loved the poor. They gave. They served. What were the early Christians known as? They were people who rescued the lost and the outcast. They, the cr- early Christians were the ones who ended the practice of exposure you know, by unwanted children who were just left outside in the cold to die, it was the church that collected the children and gave them homes because they lived out of that belief that God sets the lonely into families. Service has such power service is the thing that changes people's lives that's why we're about to the noise that's why we want to go out into the community partly because we we are we have been so blessed by God God has been so good to us how can we not serve others and do what he did for us Jesus the ultimate servant laid down his life for us that we might go and lay down our lives for others the power of service the power of the small action the power of little acts of kindness is immense Ruth showed that in a big act of kindness, in, in, in serving Naomi, in giving her life, uh, giving up her old life for a new life with her and serving Yahweh. Don't underestimate what service, different, a difference of being a servant can make in your workplace. Being someone who puts others above yourself. Puts others above yourself, whether that be in in conversation, whether that just be in a a meeting, you you big up someone else's idea, maybe at the expense of your own promotion, that will gain you a great reputation. We put others first. That's what Ruth was known for. She was known for her faithfulness and kindness. But now I've done an even greater thing in that she'd remained true to Naomi and she had chosen a man of great standing. I wonder what people would say about us. What would our reputation be? What would the talk around the town be about you and I? I wonder, I sometimes, this isn't because I'm particularly morbid, but um, I do sometimes think, I wonder what people might say about me when I die. What would someone say uh, about me at my funeral? That sharpens the mind somewhat. Would they say that I'm uh, a great husband to now? Would they say that I love Jesus and I served him? Would they say that I was faithful? Would they say that I did what God called me to do with all of my heart? I hope so. But it reminds me of what really matters. It doesn't matter how much money I earn. I work for the Church of England. That's a good thing. But it doesn't matter, um, you know, how big a church I lead. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, the, the big outward things that we might say are successful. What matters is, is what's my reputation firstly before God. But what do others say about me? Not that I'm driven by the whim of what other people think, but do people say that I'm a servant? Do people say that I loved others? people say that I, I gave uh, of myself that others might live? I hope so. Because that's a real challenge. I wonder what people would say about you and me. What about Boaz? Ruth is this incredible woman of God, an amazing role model, bold and courageous. She knows what she wants and she goes for it. She doesn't hold back. I think that's a really great thing. What about Boaz? I think he's incredible. If we read this story, we find this amazing man of integrity and standing. Um, In chapter two, actually, we learn a lot about him. He treated the workers in the field with incredible respect. Let me just turn turn back with me to chapter two. Um, and verse uh, 4, Boaz arrives from Bethlehem. Boaz is a successful businessman. He, he, um, he owns land and he, you know all these servants are coming to pick from his field and Boaz gets off the truck and he says, the Lord be with you. The first thing he says to the hired, to the servants who he really didn't have, need to have anything to do with because there were foremen there. There were others who would manage them. Is He goes to the lease and he says, the Lord be with you. That's how you get a a great reputation. You go to those who you don't need to talk to and you say, the Lord be with you. The Lord bless you. It's great to know you. You know, as Christians, Jesus left the riches of heaven, didn't he? And came and became like a slave um, in Philippians 2. He left it all, all the riches to become a slave. And that's the path we're to take. Boaz uh, noticed people he noticed Ruth as a new gleaner in his field He, he 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 was generous he he gave generously he wasn't in one sense a really shrewd businessman in that way because he wanted his primary aim was to make sure people were fed and that they were looked after and they were cared for that was his motivation what's our motivation what is it that stirs our heart what is it that drives our actions do we have that kind of integrity and standing that Boaz did So now I wanna come into this interesting part of Ruth chapter three, which all of you are dying to know a little bit more about, I'm sure. Uh, Well, I hope you are anyway. So Ruth has arrived at the threshing floor and and, um, Naomi has said to her, this is what you need to do. Put on your best clothes, wash and perfume yourself. This is not so that she can hook her guy. This is saying, Ruth, the time of mourning has ended. The time of mourning has ended. God has a new thing for you. You may have lost your husband. You may have given it all for me. The time of mourning is ending. Naomi is saying, I want to release you into all God has for you. Isn't that an amazing thing? Naomi wants to release Ruth into all that God has for her. And all that God has for her includes this wonderful man, Boaz. So Ruth comes to the threshing floor where Boaz is. And Boaz is celebrating the end of the harvest and he's asleep. And what, she, um, what um, Naomi says in her instructions is, you know, uncover his feet and lie, uh, uh, lie at his feet. Uh, uncover his feet and lie down. And he will tell you what to do. She's saying, in effect, you want to look for a man who's got integrity. You want to look for a man who will tell you what to do who won't take advantage of you. Because do you know, in life God's value upon us is so high that he doesn't want us to be with people who take advantage of us. He doesn't want us to be people who take advantage of others. Whether that be in dating, whether that be in business, whether that be in our neighborhoods, whether that be in our family. He doesn't want us to commit with people who take advantage of us. He has the best for us. That's what um, Boaz is for Ruth. Ruth in this place makes herself incredibly vulnerable. What she does takes real bravery. She puts herself in a place of risk. Boaz, if he wasn't a man of integrity, could have taken advantage of her and discarded her in any way he liked because no one would believe Ruth. Who is she? She's a Moabite. She's a woman. She's a widow. She's desperate. Boaz does absolutely nothing wrong and everything right. What does he do? Firstly, he says to her, Um, I will fulfill what I need to fulfill. I will do what I need to do. As a kinsman redeemer, I will take you under my wing. I'll marry you. One, I think he's absolutely besotted with her. I think that's clear from the story. I think he thinks she's amazing. And he's taken with this incredible woman who he can't believe uh, is interested in him. Um, But he fulfills his, his, um, his, uh, his duty. He puts that above business. He puts that above everything else. He fulfills what he's supposed to do. Do you know, sometimes obedience to what God wants, it's not always the kind of big, exciting new thing. It's just steady, day by day. This is what I need to do today. This is what it means to live with integrity today. This is the commitment I need to fulfill. In Jonah, um, this wonderful little verse where Jonah realizes he's messed up. Jonah's run away from God. And he says this, what I vowed, I will make true. What I vowed, I'll make true. Boaz knew he had a responsibility and he fulfilled it because he's a man of integrity um, the second is, is he says this um, he said there's, there's someone nearer than me he doesn't take advantage of what needs to be done he says but I'm committed to this I'm not going to hold back and that you'll see in chapter 4 next week how that works out I won't give the end of the story away uh, for you he marries so her it's fine <laughs> it's not really a spoiler it was written thousands of years ago um, <laughs> Is that count? no ok back to the point Chris where have you gone to okay here we are so verse 13 he says this stay here for the night and in the morning if he wants to redeem you good let him redeem but if he is not willing as surely as the Lord lives I will do it lie here until morning this isn't Boaz taking advantage this is Boaz protecting Ruth if you leave now in the dead of night anyone sees you they're going to not understand you they're not going to work it out also actually it's not safe for a a, a young woman like yourself to be out at night I'm going to take care of you I'm going to do it with complete integrity in a place where Boaz could have compromised, he refused. Do we find ourselves in a place where it's easy to compromise, compromise our integrity? Sometimes it's so easy, just a little bit, little thing. I want to tell you a story of when I failed in this in this area—not this specific area—but um, I've never been on a threshing floor in my life. <laughs> I, um, I worked for a water cooler company called Nature Springs when I was a uh, student and uh, we had a I was a temp so you just kind of I think I was assistant to the credit control administrator which basically means anything that he's doing any tea that he's making Chris is your man and that was fine I really enjoyed it it was a great job I loved working in the office and, and one day I got sent on a trip to Bristol um, which for a little boy from Cheeksbury is very exciting so we drove down the motorway to go into a warehouse and I basically sat there for seven hours doing nothing um, but I got out of the office and we drove back and on the way back the guy I'd gone with said oh let's just go back to my house and we'll you know, hang out for a little bit and and he said he said whatever you do when you go back to the office make sure you mark your timesheet that you finished at this time because i don't want to get into trouble um, and so i was you back in the office for five and um he'd gone home he stayed at home uh, so i marked my timesheet and i thought what am i going to do i have a choice to make at this point and you know i made the wrong choice i marked my timesheet saying i'd finished later than i did and do you know, when I, when I crossed that line, where I compromised my integrity, I felt devastated. I felt devastated. Because I realized what I'd done wasn't just I'd bought myself an extra hour, but I'd lied to people who put trust in me. I'd let myself down. I'd let God down. I'd let Nell down. We were about to be married about three months, two months later. And I thought, crumbs. And it, 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 you know, at the time, it seemed like the smallest thing. But when I'd done it, the huge regret that I felt. Boy, is it a motivator for me. I still remember it as clear as day. I remember going into work an hour earlier the next day, working through my lunchtime and finishing late and then putting the hours I'm supposed to have worked on the timesheet. Doesn't make it right, but I made up for what had happened. But I realised, crumbs, I'd compromised something so important. Friends, let's not be people that compromise our integrity. It's the thing that really matters. It's the thing that Ruth was known for. It's the thing that Boaz was known for, was his good standing, was her faithfulness, was her kindness, was her integrity. Whatever area that might be, it might be in this situation where Boaz and Ruth are in an intimate, close thing. And if you read the language, there's really intimate language there. There's a, there's a, there's a closeness, there's a connection that's made and neither of them compromise their integrity in that moment. And look how well they come out. You know, Boaz refused to compromise his integrity in business and he cares for those who work for him. That's the people we need to be. We need to be people who serve, who, who maintain our character because character is the most important thing. It's not what's on the outside that God cares about. It's our hearts. And when we compromise our integrity, we break our hearts. When I lied about the, 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 the timesheet, what I what I did was I stole, but what I did was I broke my heart because my integrity was compromised. And I regret it to this day. God has forgiven me. God is so good. Crumbs to someone like me. But you know, I don't want to do it again because I know how much it means to have integrity, to be known as someone who's faithful, to commit to what God has called me to do. Friends, don't compromise your integrity. Don't compromise your reputation. Be uh, someone who is a servant. Be someone who at your funeral, friends, family, strangers will say they love the Lord Jesus with all their heart and they served others with the whole of their lives. Do you know what the Lord will say if we do that? Welcome. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's the most important thing I want to hear. That's what I want God to say to me when I one day meet him. And one day meet him, I will. Where is God in this story? We talked about the reputation and integrity of Ruth and Boaz. Where's God in the story? Well, you know, Ruth is a book of hope. In the midst of the Judges, which is a chaotic time for the people of God, Ruth is a story of hope. What is, how do we see the story of God in this, in this story? Just to finish, firstly, we see the picture of the kingdom of God breaking in to an individual family this isn't the big scale kind of whole nation transform this is just one family changed so what about Naomi well Naomi arrives in chapter 1 empty bitter bereaved broken where do we see her now provided for full of hope you know um, in verse 17 of chapter uh, verse 17 to 18 of, of Ruth chapter 3 um, Ruth arrives home with, with six measures of grain that's 40 kilos they reckon of grain strong woman Ruth carried that home Naomi, and the, 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 the right commentators say that that's a sign that God has taken Naomi from a place of emptiness to satisfying her every need. What a wonderful picture. Who is God? God is one who binds up the broken heart. God is one who brings comfort to those who mourn. God is one who bestows upon us a a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. This is a picture of the kingdom of God. What about Ruth? Well, she's an outsider, a Moabite, welcomed into the family of God. Her mourning is over. She's put on her best clothes. The time of embracing what God has for her has come. Jesus said, today is the day of the Lord's favour. The year of the Lord's favour is here. God's favour is with us. The kingdom has come. And Boaz. Well, I think Boaz is a picture of Jesus. A picture of Jesus, a picture of who Jesus would be. Boaz redeems a family. Jesus laid down his life and redeemed the world. Jesus has come to bind up the brokenhearted, to bring freedom for the captives, recovery of sight for the blind, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And we see a glimpse of that in the story in Ruth. That's what God does. That's what God is in the business of doing. He was doing it then and he's doing it now. Have you come tonight in need of hope? The kingdom is here. Jesus will give hope. Have you come tonight broken-hearted? Well, God comes to bind up the broken-hearted. Have you come captive, struggling? Have you come like me at some point in your life have compromised your integrity where Jesus said, come to me and I'll wash you clean and give you a new start, a new hope, a new future? That's th- what God does. God does it in Ruth, in the family. Jesus did it for the whole world. He laid down his life. Greater love, has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Ruth did it. Boaz did it. Jesus did it for you and I. Why don't we stand together?